Go on SoundCloud starring me and Aaron and David. I mean, you can't, you can't refute that. Speaking of which, <laughs> I have with me Aaron Hahn, my Hello. co-host. Yes. Hello. Uh, David is not with us today. He is on vacation. So uh, boo him whenever you get the chance. Just boo him on Twitter. And No, don't do that. But anyway, um, today we have a great, great show for you again. We always have a great show for you. Um, but hopefully be a little less disjointed like last week. <laughs> or going... the last time David was gone. Yeah, oh my gosh. Hopefully it's not <laughs> quite as long as that. But we're going to be ranking the Harry Potter movies. Uh, we're going to be talking about Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Uh, but first, we're going to do the main topic of the week, the halfway point. The movies of 2016 we've seen so far, and what are our top fives? Dad, there's like whores here and stuff. Sweetheart, how many times have I told you? Don't say and stuff. Just say, Dad, there are whores here. So expensive. Hi, I'm Judy, your new neighbor. Yeah, well, we're loud. Don't expect us to apologize for it. So what we're going to do is we're going to start chronologically. We're going to move chronologically down um, until this past week, which was July no, June. June. Uh, what? This weekend this is the week. first weekend of July. I don't know okay, what you're counting here. I gotcha. I gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> yes, the the last weekend of June. So first off, we have Hail Caesar, um, which I saw. Aaron has not seen yet. I've talked about Hail Caesar. Wait, what was that? Hail Caesar. Oh, I'm sorry. Your Skype is cutting oh. out a little. Oh, that's my bad. At least it's not like David's last week where he just completely <laughs> cut out. But um, Hail Caesar... Uh, I've talked about it a little bit already, but um, it, it's just a great film. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I've talked about it pretty extensively. I still have not seen it. I, I want to. You really I, need I to. I wanted to. It's, it's fantastic. All right. Well, since we've already talked about that, uh, well, let's move right on. After Hail Caesar is Deadpool. Is that what you have next as well? Well, that's my. That's the first it's movie the first I saw yeah, this year. Right. All right. So Deadpool, um, we haven't talked about that on here at all. So, Aaron, what, what, what were your thoughts on Deadpool? Because you wrote a pretty extensive review about it. I did, and I, I liked it for the most part. You know, like, I liked I liked uh, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, obviously. I right. think everyone can agree on that. Oh, yeah, he's I liked, for it. I liked the humor of the film and everything, and, like, all the meta-commentary and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I also thought, like, the character motivations were a bit weak, you know? Yeah. Like... You know, like like uh, Ajax as the villain. It's like he he didn't really feel like he had any motivation at all Other than to that, do he was the anything. Big guy and yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. But I agree with all of that, really. Um, especially just the humor is really good. There are a couple jokes that are like, eh, I guess not as good as they could have been. But the one joke that always I always come back to, and if you haven't seen Deadpool. This is kind of a spoiler, I guess. It's a spoiler for a small joke in the movie. But um, the one that just makes me laugh every time is when uh, the cat, the taxi cab guy, he he kidnaps the rival to his girlfriend. Yeah, right. Or right. whatever. And then uh, Deadpool calls him because he leaves his bag of guns in the car. And then uh, <laughs> he gets distracted looking at the phone and another car crashes into the back, kills the guy that was in the trunk. And just, it's so dark it it perfectly captures what that movie is because it's so funny but you like feel so bad for laughing because it's just an innocent person that was just murdered in this car but anyway um yeah there's that 
Oh, I wanted to say, like, since you were saying that, I wanted to say my favorite joke of the film. Okay, go for Which it. is uh, when uh, Colossus shows up on the bridge or whatever, and he's like, puts him in hand, puts Deadpool in handcuffs and just dragging him away, and he's like, we're going to go see Professor X. And then Deadpool's <laughs> like, McAvoy or Stewart? These timelines are so confusing. Yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> so my main complaint with the film is that uh, it, it goes so far as to be like, oh, this isn't just another superhero movie. But then it goes through this origin story that is the weakest part of the movie, I think. Oh, definitely. Just, oh, it's just, it's, it was fun watching it the first time. I've seen it, like, two, two times, I think, since the original time I saw it. And that's, those, like, flashback scenes, they're so slow and just so, like, not what the rest of the movie is. It feels so forced in because they're like, oh, we have to tell what the origin story is. How will people ever understand that this guy is crazy? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think really it's just uh, whenever he's put into the experimental program or whatever, the slowest part. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. The the Like the early stuff with his relationship with Vanessa or whatever, yeah, that's, that's still good. And they do a good job of like mixing in the humor of the rest of the film, even though it's not like at peak capacity, I guess, because he right. doesn't have his full sense of humor. He's not fully Deadpool yet. Right. But those I parts mean, I liked. The great scene where he... Uh... You see what he's doing before he's Deadpool, where he uh, he talks to the pizza guy or whatever, and that whole scene where he's <laughs> just <laughs> stabbing through the pizza box and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good movie. Um, I think we can both agree with that. Yeah. That it's good. And uh, it's one of the better movies Fox has made in a while. <laughs> I mean, what with we'll, we'll, we'll get to another one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> All right, well, next, Aaron, I believe you might have the next one. All right, and then next on the list after Deadpool um, is the next movie, uh, The Witch. I have not seen it. You have, though. Yes. Now, now before you get into it, um, I have a question. Is this worth owning on Blu-ray? Because I always see it in, in uh, Best Buy. I'm like, ah, should I, should I do it? I don't know if I'll like it. What, what, do, you, what do you think? I, well, I... I, I really love this film so i think i'm definitely gonna buy it on blu-ray but at the same time i'm also waiting for like black friday or something because i'm assuming it's gonna have a massive price drop right just because like that's kind of like what happened with like it follows last year mm -hmm. it's like as soon as i saw this in the theaters i'm like oh i want to own this movie but then i wait till black friday and the blu-ray was like uh, four bucks or whatever lucky yeah. it, it wasn't anywhere near us which sucks because the guy who made it is from michigan so yeah <laughs> it's like great cool but um yeah so you love it why do you love it what what's what's great about it i think it's just a very well directed horror film you know like all around like the the performances are great the they do a really good job of uh the uh accuracy of the period setting you know in terms okay. of costuming and uh they all speak in like the old uh form of english or whatever mm -hmm. so and then like i don't know it's just really fascinating like the way it makes it like a lot of the stuff it does in the film like wouldn't necessarily seem scary to a modern audience because they're like based on all old stuff like oh man animals are like the symbol of the devil or whatever and they're gonna <laughs> yeah oh, that doesn't scare whatever. anyone that day. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what i mean you know no, what yeah, I mean? I like you. under a real threat or whatever but yeah. it does a lot of interesting ways of like making you get swept up in like this old these old notions of uh whatever yeah so so now 
I've seen a lot of movies this year. A lot of them were 2015 movies because I was seeing them before the Oscars. So I saw like The Revenant and the and Room and Big Short and like all that in theaters before. And when I saw it, went to go see The Room or Room, not The Room, <laughs> Room. <laughs> yeah, completely different. Yeah, <laughs> quality and story wise and everything. Yeah, just completely different films. But I went to go see Room, because uh, it's an A24 film and The Witch right. is an A24 film. Uh, there was a trailer for The Witch before it. I have never been that scared in my life watching a trailer. Like, not since I was little. Like, it took me back to when I was a little kid and would see, like, scary things on TV. And, like, it would scare me. But, like, it was legitimately ter- Like, I had to look away. And nothing ever really happens in that trailer. It's just not legitimately, much, yeah. like, it just shook me to my core. It, like terrified me and then there's the one quote in the trailer that's like it felt like something i shouldn't be watching or something like that i'm just like oh god it just that makes me want to watch it though because i it, i feel it like really... if you had that reaction to the trailer you you might want to buy it on blu-ray yeah. I, don't know, right I, away. I don't know why because like i've seen horror movies like i i'm not like i'm not like david who's only seen like three horror <laughs> movies in his life and like i don't know it just shook me weird it was weird that was weird uh but anyway Anything else to say about The Witch? Uh, I don't know. Just, uh, I would recommend it, I suppose. Alright. Well, next, I believe I have the next one. No, I think I got you beat. I have another February one. Oh, okay, what is it? I mean, this is this is one I watched on DVD right. uh, after it was released. I didn't see this one in theaters, but I'm gonna... It still counts, you know, whatever. Yeah, oh yeah, it, it counts. That's uh, Gods of Egypt. Oh, yes, of course. How could I and... forget Gods of Egypt? <laughs> Maybe because everyone already has. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I believe I've talked about that you in, on a prior podcast. So you have any any quick thing about it, just for the people who haven't heard that episode. It's just so terrible and so <laughs> bizarre that anyone thought spending that amount of money on that movie was a good idea. Yeah, but again, Aaron, I mean, they know this. The audience who's listened to that podcast knows this. The cameras. The camera technology. Cameras. It's all. It's so good. All right. Well, that's God's we, we, Yeah. We've gone. We got from God. All right. So I think I have you beat now. Um, because before a movie that we talked about last week, I saw Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Oh, actually, I have seen that. Oh, you have. Well, that... I just saw that on DVD. Uh, this week. Well, now we have another one to talk about. What'd you think of it? I. It was. Good. It was okay. Fine. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it was very just a there movie. It was like, okay, pop this in, watch it for a little bit. Tried to do things that it didn't really execute all that well. Like the um, the whole, like, how far these people went for stories. I mean, it's a true story, I believe. Yes? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure how accurate right. the movie is, but it's supposedly based it's on... It's based off story. of uh, memoirs written by one of the journalists. And, like, it, it, it tries to delve into more um, ethical questions. I don't know that it really ever does that very well. Or That was actually one of my complaints. It's, like, it never it never delved into, like, the, you know, like, the dark and gritty aspects yeah. of the war or whatever. It never oh, it tried. It, it sure tried. It, 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 but, like, it, it always took, like, the safe approach, you know? Yeah. It never, it, it never approached anything that could have been potentially controversial. Right, exactly. But, um... I don't know. I, again, it was just one of those movies that was just there. Saw it because there was nothing else in theaters. I was like, alright, I got a little while before Batman v Superman comes out. Better, uh, 
watch this movie. Um, but yeah, Tina Fey did fine. Um, yep. uh, Margot Robbie, uh, and who's the other guy? Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. Yep. They all do fine. It's just a fine movie. It's a fine movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's okay. It's yeah, not, not exactly. great, not terrible. It's okay. It won't make the worst list. It won't make the best list. <laughs> I mean, that's what we can say about it. Well, then next, unless you have anything else, uh, Zootopia. Nope, that was fine. So. All right, and we talked extensively about Zootopia last week. All we can really say is that it's the best animated film of the year so far. Um, definitely. True, although it. I have I have not seen Kung Fu Panda three yet. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> now, are these good movies? Because I saw the first yes. one. Did you not like the first one? It's fine. I didn't... But then they made a two, and I'm like, well, what, what are you going to do here? And I don't know. Is two good? Two is good, actually. Oh, well, I might have to watch it then. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Zootopia, go see it. Um. Not go see it. Rent it. Go see it. Buy great, it. Whatever. Great message, Whatever. great animation, great, yes. great voice cast, all that. We talked exactly. about this, but exactly. <laughs> Batman v Superman is next for me. Oh, I had you beat by one. Oh, what do you got? I had uh, ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yep. I just bought that. I just bought that. Oh, I need really? To watch that. Yeah, I need to watch it. All right. Well, obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything. Thank for you. you. Thank but you. I I enjoyed it for the most part. You know, it was definitely a very tense thriller or whatever. I I loved uh, John Goodman's performance. He was phenomenal. But I also think. It's a. It was a little weak towards the end, just because it. It almost feels like it would have been a better film had it not been Tied turned into a Cloverfield movie. You know what I'm saying? Because like, okay, like yeah. once it had that name, it also had some, a kind of like a certain obligation to the audience about what they wanted out of the film, and I think that almost hurt it a little. But okay, I don't want to spoil anything, right. so just say I. I mostly enjoyed it. I'm figuring there's a monster in it. That's my, that's my Monsters guess. Monsters come in many forms. That's the tagline. That's, that's it is. the tagline. It's not the box. <laughs> they have like a really cool uh, Blu-ray cover for it. It's like uh, just a Blu-ray and then it has a, not like a full slip cover. It like cuts in half in the middle. So like the back is full, but the middle, it halfway down the middle of the front, you know, where the ground is. Yeah. And then uh, it's John Goodman and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, their faces. And then if you take it off, it's the tagline and it's just the line down to the ground. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a cool cover. I like it. <clears throat> well, then next we have Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which we yes. have talked about. We talked about a little Three or four time. times. Well, well, yeah. On the podcast all together. Um, it's fine. It's bad, but it's... It's... I don't know. You haven't seen the Ultimate Edition yet, right? No. Have you? No. Okay. My my dad keeps on like debating whether he wants to you know go all in and buy the digital copy now, early, but yeah, I'm I think get we're it all for just sure waiting. When it comes out, um, yeah, right. But I'm hearing it's great, like it's better, like way better is what I'm hearing. I've heard it's not gonna appease the haters, but for people <laughs> who liked it already, you know, I heard it explains fun. things, certain things that were a little like, what, like why did what? this happen? You know, I, I hear it explain stuff like that, so maybe. We'll see. Again, we haven't seen it yet. It is out, though, right? On, like, it's, iTunes or whatever? Yeah, like, you can buy the digital version, but you can't rent it yet. You can't okay. rent it until, like, the uh, Blu-ray comes out. You know, at that point, just buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, exactly. Unless you hated the movie, which... Do it is anyway. A, if a fair stance <laughs> to take. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
All right, so then next, I'm assuming we both have Captain America Civil War. Oh, I had one in between. This is one that wasn't released in theaters, but technically it's a 2016 film. Okay. And that's uh, Hush, which oh. was uh, put on net. It was distributed by Netflix. So You and I talked a little bit about this, but uh, if you'd like to tell them your feelings on it. Yeah, because like, after the podcast last week, you asked me, should I watch this film? And I was like... There's, it's gotten a lot of critical acclaim, but I just did not like it at all. I just thought, yeah. you know, it, it didn't make good use of its concept. It was like, it got stretched out way too long. And it was just very, uh, the, the characters were just making dumb decisions. And it was very frustrating <laughs> and very cliche. And just, you know, I, yeah. I, I think it just didn't do anything unique or spectacular in any way like it's not like a an absolutely terrible film right it's It's just awful everything that's been done in it was done better before you know kind of thing and i liked your your idea for it where it would have been better had it been a silent film that's what i thought they would go with it because like uh the plot is that it's like a home invasion uh film about a uh, deaf writer whose home gets break, broken into. Right. But I, I just thought that was kind of like a weird approach to like not make it a silent film. Yeah, that, that's not... Like, if they did that, that would be awesome. Because there haven't the, there been that, any like silent horror films? Like, other well, than like, old stuff. Yeah, obviously there were... I don't... None popped to mind of uh, modern ones. But, you know, that would have definitely you know, showcased better craftsmanship if they could pull off a scary film without relying on any, like, sounds, like, loud, right. you know, screams or whatever that horror movies usually <laughs> yeah. use oh, to accompany their jump scares. All the time. All that, right. I think, would have been impressive, but they didn't do that. Have anything else for Hush or no? No. All right, well, then we have Captain America Civil War. Yep. Very good film. Very good yes. film. Um, one might even say it's excellent. I would say that. Um, I mean, we had a, our first ever podcast was about Captain America Civil War. Indeed. So, I mean, how much can we really say more about it other than that? I think it's, uh, it's not the Winter Soldier thing where I thought on it. And I'm like, I don't like this movie so much anymore. The more I think on Captain America Civil War, I'm like, all right, I like it. still like it. I like the, the Scarlet Witch stuff, especially that part. <laughs> Love Scarlet Witch. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I know. I know. Anything else to say now that we're a little bit further removed from it? Uh, well, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen it again since I saw it the first time, but you know, I'm, st- I still love it. I All still right. thought it was great. Good, good. All right. Well, next, I don't know if you have anything before this, but uh, I have the Jungle Book. I don't. Yeah, which I, is like just go with the Jungle Book. All right, Jungle Book. Um. Why? Just why? Just <laughs> Unnecessary. Why did, like, why did we make this movie? Why? Why? Like, it's apparently good, but... Oh, it's good. It's great. It's actually legitimately a great film. Like, the acting is amazing. The CGI looks like real animals more than half the time. Like, it looks real, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> they do a lot of different things. They try to differentiate it from the original film. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk about that. I don't know if I want to spoil it. But, um... I mean, I'm fine with spoiling it, but I don't know if you... Have you seen it? I don't want to spoil it for the listeners. No, I'm not. All I'm going to say is the ending is different than the Disney movie. Disney 
I don't even know if I remember the ending for the original. The ending for the original Disney movie. He sees this little girl in a village getting water, and then the end of the movie is him just going and living in the village with the little girl. It's, they definitely do not do that this time. Which, I, ha- I haven't seen it in the longest okay. time. I do I do love Jungle Book, the original. But um, that's just the thing. The Jungle Book is is... It's a fine film. It's a great film. But it's one that didn't need to be made at all. Like, it's it's the same plot, again, other than the end. It's And they take it a little bit darker. There's some darker moments, especially with, uh, I mean, when you get Idris Elba to play your villain, you're going to have to do some darker stuff. Um, but a, a couple standouts I, what, for me. What does that mean? Is that, is that a race joke? No! A race joke? <laughs> no! He just Elba is so he's so intense like in everything he's in he's just no I, I get what you I'm okay. just joking okay, I get good. what you mean I didn't want to yeah. I didn't want to put off that vibe um <laughs> no I'm I'm just messing okay. with you but you know I I get what you're saying standouts from it um G- Gianna Gian how do you pronounce his name guy who was in Once Upon oh. a Time for a little while G- Gianna Carlo Esposito Giancarlo yeah. Esposito I think yeah. Something like that. He's in Breaking Bad, too. Oh, okay. Him as the leader of the wolf pack, really good. Really good. Forget his name. Um, Again, Idris Elba, awesome. Ben Kingsley, eh, I guess. Um, Christopher Walken? I was getting there. (laughs) The best part of the whole movie is Christopher Walken playing Christopher Walken as King Louie. Um, and they keep the song in, that I want to be like you, but it's Christopher Walken's. <laughs> does so, he sing it, or does he just kind of do, like, that he, talky, he talks, talk like, sing thing? Hey, I want to be like you. <laughs> like, I want to walk like you. I don't know. My walking's awful. But it's, um, <laughs> it's something else. Uh, again, it's not a bad film. I just don't know why we would waste money and time on it. But I guess I do know why, because it made... So much money at the box office. I'm surprised they did that well. I know, me too. Anyway, next. <clears throat> next we have, um, I think I have the next one as well. Ratchet and Clank. <sighs> Take a seat for this one, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I don't understand the immense amount of hate that this movie got. And it did. It got an immense amount of hate from the video game community from the film community reviewers hated it audiences hated it i guess i just don't get it what were people expecting with this movie like was everyone going in they're like oh this is gonna be the best video game movie of all time no it's not even coming for the best video game franchise of all time not even the best ps2 video game franchise of all time it's coming from ratchet and clank which is like b to jack and daxter and then well it might even be c because if we're including uh Sly Cooper. Sly Cooper's probably... I've never played any yeah, of I, those I games <laughs> at all. But it's just like, I just... It was fine. It was exactly what I expected from that movie. It was gonna be a bunch of dumb jokes and a bunch of actually kind of good ones. Um, There's one joke in the movie where they're like fighting, they're defending the Hall of Heroes or whatever. And uh, like all the robots. And one of the robots gets knocked, knocked off the bridge or whatever. And the Wilhelm scream goes. And his friend reaches over the edge with his arm. He's like, Wilhelm, no! <laughs> it was pretty good. I, it made me chuckle. Um, but again, I just don't know what people are expecting. It's really not a good film. Um, 
but it was fine enough. I enjoyed myself. I got a few chuckles out of it. Um, and I played the game beforehand, the new one that it's based on, and the game had cutscenes from the movie, so I already knew like what was going to happen all the way throughout the movie. That was that seems like an odd strategy to yeah, me. Yeah, especially when you release the game first. Yeah. Like okay, but it's fine. It anyway. didn't make money, right? Oh no, not the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it bombed so hard. So. <laughs> it bombed so hard, which makes me think the Sly Cooper movie is never going to happen. Which would be better. Um. Anyway, now that I'm off of that soapbox, X Men Apocalypse. Wait, I have one. Oh, you have one. Go. For the it. Angry Birds movie. Oh, how can't forget good. about that. Forget it. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. I I think I explained my thoughts on a prior podcast, but I yeah, believe you, my you my my quote was something just like it's the cinematic equivalent of smashing your head into a bunch of glass, stone, or wooden blocks. And so that about one, what number one on your list, right? For top five. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. You know, best best film. <laughs> but I I think that sums up my thoughts. And it made money. That's the worst part. So you know it's going to be an Angry Birds too. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> gonna go see it. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Well, since we've already discussed that, we've actually already discussed the next film, which is X Men Apocalypse. Um, right, we had a whole podcast. We had a whole podcast, a pretty long topic about it, too. I think where we still come down on is it was okay, Aaron says it's bad, and then we can go from that. And the Quicksilver scene is the best thing in the entire movie. Indeed. So. All right, X-Men Apocalypse. That's, do you have anything after that? Because I have the nice guys after that. That X-Men Apocalypse is the last film I've seen. Oh, last one, okay. Year. Yeah, I haven't seen anything since. I've got uh, four more. So I have oh, man. the nice guys. Wanted um, to see it. Yeah, oh god. I realized, I, I've gone back and listened to the podcast where I kind of talked about The Nice Guys. Didn't do it justice, so I'm going to try here. Okay, The Nice Guys is a film starring um, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Um, it's about, it's like a old 70s buddy cop movie, um, but just made for this generation. Still 70s, though. Um, and it is one of just the funniest movies I have seen in so so long um and, and it's just it's the kind of funny where like it's it's really dark so that's one thing there are some really dark moments in this movie I, it's like it's hard to get into anything without spoiling it maybe that's why i didn't say much on it but um just the, the chemistry between the two um mm-hmm. makes it much better they they have great uh comedic timing between one another um, the girl who plays Ryan Gosling's daughter has great, like, great comedic timing. She probably has a future for her, I would assume. Um, she's she's a really good actress. Um, yeah, the story is interesting and fun. It takes twists and turns you don't expect, which is hard to say for most movies nowadays. Um, and yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend this movie. Um, I don't know when it'll be out. Probably soon, because it didn't make very much money at all. Which is sad because it's uh it was really great. But anyway, that's the nice guys. Um definitely see it. It might still be in a theater near you if your theater plays really old movies. <laughs> um Alright, next I have Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping. Kinda talking about Also wanted movie. to see it. <laughs> Gosh, that one's that one's great. Um I feel like I talked about this one a lot more, but um great, not quite as good as Hot Rod. Um and yeah, the songs are amazing. 
So if you do nothing else, just listen to the soundtrack on Spotify. <clears throat> Finding Dory, talked about it twice already. Um, didn't like it so much the first time, liked it a lot more the second time. Still doesn't beat Zootopia, but it's very I good. still have not seen it. Almost accidentally walked in to see Finding Dory again today. Because <laughs> the throwback movies are always in Theater 7. They're always in Theater 7. So I go in there, and she, this girl and her, the, this woman and her daughter are walking out, and they're like, oh, stay to the very end, stay to the very end. I'm like, I didn't think they had an after credit scenes in, in the 1970s, but all right. And then I see the Disney logo. I'm like, oh, yep, this is not the right theater. <laughs> Just had to leave after that. Wait, is there an after credit scene for Finding Dory? Yeah. I didn't stay for either time, no. so I have no it's clue no. what it is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because I didn't know the first time, and the second time I was like, eh. There were, like, screaming children in the theater, and I didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> um, Alright, and then the final one that I saw, which I haven't talked about at all, I actually just saw it, The Shallows. Um, the movie that, I don't know if you did so much, but David and I definitely ripped into it. Uh, I, I tried to defend it to you guys. You did, and it, really rightfully so. It, it was a great film. I would go so far as to say it was great. Um, less, maybe less for the story, and... Um, the score was kind of generic, but um, more than anything, Blake Lively's performance was, like, amazing. Like, I did, had no clue she could act that great. Um, and I don't know if this is just because I'm... I haven't seen too much yet this year. I mean, I've seen a lot, but I haven't seen, like, anything that people are considering maybe Oscar contenders. But she might be contending for at least Best Actress, would be my guess. She's It's really good. Um, if you see it for nothing else, see it for her performance, which is good. And it's it's so believable, and it's so panicked, and it, it, it you feel for her. Um, but yeah. And another thing that was really great about the movie um, are the visual effects. So you don't ever see it in the trailer, which is... Okay, I don't want to spoil it for you, so if you don't want to know what the, 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 special, the special effects, the effects are for the movie, don't... don't uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm even saying. <laughs> but, um, so there are multiple times where she will call her, call someone on her phone. So she's like, at the beginning of the movie, she's texting her friend, and the side, her screen will pop up next to her, kind of faded, and like the edges will fade out. And you'll see her like typing or whatever. And it does that, and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Kind of like what they did in The Fault in Our Stars a little bit, but more like the whole screen. And you can see her like swiping through, finding pictures and stuff. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, then later when she's trying to figure out, she's trying to figure out if she can get the camera, if she can like go swim somewhere. She's timing something on her watch. She's timing the shark. It's a shark movie. I don't think I've even said that yet. Uh, <laughs> she's timing on her watch and the whole time the watch will be in the bottom right corner when she's swimming to go get something and then trying to swim back. So like it, there's just this constant countdown. And when it, when the shark should be back, it'll go, like start beeping like frantically and uh, it's very cool. I like. It sounds kind of like it does sound a lot like uh, Gravity, though. Yeah, you know, Gravity, Gravity, um, 127 hours definitely got a feel for that when I was watching it. Um, it was less a shark movie and more a survival movie. Like the shark is just kind of there. Like that's the reason she's put there. Right. But um, there, there's a really great. Um, and now that I've seen this film, there's a really great Jaws moment in it too. And I don't know, it's, you know, the, where the tank comes up and poof, 
shoots the tank. Right. There's a great moment kind of like that in the movie too. So it's a good, good movie. I definitely recommend it. Renting it at least. I'll probably see it now then. Yeah. I really like it. You probably will hate it because (laughs) that's just seems to happen. Yeah. I just, I hate everything. Yep. That's not true, but. No, it's not true at all. I definitely hate things more than you do. Like I, I, I'm more critical of my films. Okay. I guess. I think I'm pretty critical too, but not quite. Maybe not quite as much as you. You're, you're not as critical as well. No, I, I mean I love uh, Ratchet and Clank. That's what it was. Don't love Ratchet and Clank. I liked it. I liked it fine. Anyway, so now we can go to our top five movies of 2016. Aaron, would you like to go first or what? Sure. Top five so far. Halfway. halfway. Yes. Top five at the halfway point. All right. What do you got for me? So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with number five. Right. Yeah, That's course, how we yeah. should do it. All right, so number five, I'm going to go 10 Cloverfield Lane. Okay. Then number four, I'm going to go, uh, what was I going to go? Oh, Deadpool. Okay. Number three, uh, Zootopia. Number two, uh, The Witch. All right. And then number one, Captain America Civil War. A very good list. I mean, I haven't seen uh, two of those, but I will soon, hopefully. That's That's... Well, no. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say I'm. I think like by the end of the year, the witch and Captain America: Civil War, like the only ones I think will actually remain in like my top films of the year by the end. But yeah. the other three are good. They just had uh, some flaws that yeah. were, you know, keep it from being top tier. Right. I gotcha. But that's my top five so far. All right. Well, my top five. Um, number five, pop star, never stop, never stopping. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna I include that mostly just because I had Deadpool there for a long time, and then I'm like, ah, pop star was like, it was funnier and it was different to me. Um, it, it had something more to it. Also, just the novelty of getting another um, <laughs> Lonely Island film since mm-hmm. first one in like nine years. So <clears throat> next. Number four, Zootopia. Of course, it's a great movie. Number three, Hail Caesar. Uh, number two, Captain America Civil War. Number one, The Nice Guys. For real, though, guys, just watch The Nice Guys. It's so good. So All right, good. well, I have not seen that, so you yes. know, I can't, I can't right. say as to whether it would have been Captain America on my list. But. Right. You need to, as soon as it hits, whatever you do to rent movies, Redbox or whatever, you need to definitely get that. All right, well, that is our the midway point. That's halfway through the year, what we think about the movies that we've seen so far. I'm sure we'll see more that were released during this time uh, over the course right, of the there year. Were, there were a ton that yeah. came out these first six months that I wanted to see, but I didn't yeah. get around to. All right, well, that is that segment. Uh, next, we're going to move on to the upcoming movies of the week. Any plans today? Uh, yes, Big, big stuff today, Gidget. I got big plans. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait for Katie to come back. The key to teaching children is is repetition. You'd be surprised how stupid they are. Aaron, do you know what we're working with this week? <laughs> I think this is our weakest week yet. I agree. Even though there's one movie that I'm definitely going to see. I, I know you're excited <laughs> for this one. And well, let's start, let's start with have, Secret Life I'm going to have to break your spirit. I know you will. Let's start with Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> It's Toy Story with animals. I mean, that's, that's just like the thing. How did they not realize this? 
like at any point in development for this movie. They're literally just making Toy Story again. I think they realize. I mean, it's not it's not uncommon for an animated film to basically just use the same plot as another. This is like exactly Toy Story. Like I don't understand. I'm sure there will be a little more twists and turns to come. I, I would assume. I guess. But you're right that I guess we should explain that. Like, yeah, oh it's... yeah, yeah. All right. So, Secret Life of Pets, Illumination. So they made the minions. So we can hate them for that. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's a movie about a dog, and then the owner gets a new dog and like brings it in. It's like, hey, like this is your new brother or whatever. And then he hates that dog because he's I don't know because he's big or something. <laughs> no. And then he, he tries to get the dog in trouble or whatever. They go to the pound and, like, they have to escape or whatever and come back to their house or whatever. So it's, like, the... Ex- it's just, like, Buzz and Woody. Buzz and Woody, and then, like, he tries to get rid of Buzz, and then they end up going to Pizza Planet, and they have to come back, and then... Uh... But it's not like it's that uncommon of a plot, you, you know, to have adversaries turn friends. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they'll be the friends by the end of the episode. <laughs> what, if, but what if they don't? <laughs> They just still hate each other. That would be a real, real movie right there. <laughs> oh, my God, still... oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, well what, I, do you think, what else do you think about it? I think it looks okay, I guess. You know? Like, I think there's been a few clever moments in the trailers that I've liked, but then it's definitely not, like... It doesn't look that appealing that I have to, like, see it in theaters right. or, you know, seek it out as soon as it hits DVD. It's more like... Right. If it's, you know, if the, it's on. the kind of animated movie that's like you'll you'll show to your kids to shut them up, and then mm-hmm. you you can mm-hmm. the parents can tolerate it, kind of thing. Yeah, I think I might uh, take my little sisters to go see it because they do want to really see it, so oh. I end up doing that. But um, yeah, I just I the the trailers are all just none of the jokes land for me. I don't know, I don't know why they just all seem really. It's the same thing. It's the same. Same thing, the same problem that I had with Finding Dory is everything seems so rushed in that trailer. Like, literally, there's, like, well, no it is, time. It's, it's a trailer. I know, but, like, with the track record of Minions and Spickle <laughs> Me 2, which wasn't very good. Like No, it wasn't. No. Not as good as Spickle Me 1, which I think is one of the better films that have come out, animated films that have come out in a long time. Um, It's just that the pace, that's my main problem with Minions, even though that movie... It's just, I don't understand the minions. Can we just talk about the minions for a second? I don't understand. I, I, I like the minions in the, the first Despicable Me. Oh, me too. Me too. But then as, as soon as they started to, you know, become more and more of a focus, and then the Facebook memes started. Oh my god, the Facebook memes. Oh my god. Now it's just intolerable. They have, they have sayings next to them that don't even make sense with the minions. <laughs> I just don't understand how they've become so popular. Like, they're just little yellow things. I don't know. And I have seen the Minions movie. I don't know. Have you? I Yes, I have, because I put it on Netflix. It's, like, not a bad movie, right? Like, it's just kind of... No, it's bad. It's bad. It's eh. It's another one of those eh movies. The Minions don't work as, you know, like, the primary no. protagonist. But there are some funny jokes in there not done by the minions. Like, because the minions are the worst part of that movie. Well, I think there's, I think the minions have some funny jokes as well, like a handful. But 
right, so the one thing that actually cracked me up watching that movie, not gonna lie, is when they, um, they're in the car or whatever that's going to Bill and Colin or whatever, and they pull over, like, oh, gotta make a pit stop, and they, like, rob a bank. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, and they're just firing at the police. I'm like, this is a kid's movie. This is, this is a children's movie. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's funny to me. But yeah, that movie was... Not good. No, it was bad. Not good. But I'm anyway. sure we'll, we'll make another one. Oh, I'm sure. It made a billion dollars. Did it make a lot of money overseas? Like uh, I made a billion dollars worldwide, I know. Oh Plus, God. probably a lot more in uh, toy sales. So. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> anyway. Next, we have... That was a huge sidetrack. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. It's Illumination. It makes sense. They're the same. Yeah. It, at the end of the trailer for... Uh, Secret Life Pest, the minions are, of course, at the Illumination logo screen because they have to let everyone know this is, uh, this is, like, despicable me. Anyway. Right. <laughs> back on track. Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates is the next film on the lineup. Now, I'm gonna let you tear into it first. Just crush me instantly, and we'll get it out of the way so I can kind of say some positive things. Well, I can't, I can't crush your spirits until you, until you, you know, you tell everyone how much <laughs> you're looking forward to this one. Because I know Aubrey Plaza yep, Aubrey and Plaza, Kendrick, Kendrick are like two of your favorite actresses. Oh, yeah, for sure. For real, though, I, what? especially Aubrey Plaza, um, I have movies. I have bought movies just because her, she was in it. Life After Beth. Have you seen Life After Beth, Aaron? I, I have not. It's actually okay. But I was the one who introduced you to Safety Night Guaranteed. You, you have. What? Oh, my God. We need to get that into a topic somehow. I mean, I guess we kind of did right now, but <laughs> I, I love Safety Night Guaranteed. One of my favorite films ever, for real. Um, but yeah, Life After Bath yeah, actually not bad. Huh? I don't know. My computer just said, like, internet connection error, so it's just... Oh. It looks fine. I don't know. You're still on with me, so... Yeah, I know. No, no, I just wanted to make sure nothing was going on. All right. All right. We're good? <laughs> yeah, we're good. All right. Three, two, one. Okay, so before we get on to how much I love this stuff, Life After Beth, not actually all that bad. You might kind of like it. Um, you should see if you can find it somewhere. It's it's zombie movie. Lowest, lowest right, common denominator yes. zombie movie. Yeah, whatever. But, um, love Aubrey Plaza. Love her in, um, Parks and, Parks and Rec. Rec. Uh, Life After Beth, About Alex, which is an awful, awful movie. So bad. Never heard of it. Um, it's on Netflix. It's basically The Big Chill, but bad. But Big Chill isn't very good either, so. I don't know what The Big Chill is. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What's The Big Chill? It's an 80s movie starring a bunch of famous people. Let me bring it up. <laughs> now you're getting me on that. You talk about... You talk about Mike and Dave and Wayne Dates while I find this for you. Um, well, I'm just going to say that it does not look good. It does not look funny. <laughs> I don't know. There's not much else to say. <laughs> wow, okay. Alright, so we got... Ready? You ready? Yeah. Got Glenn Close. Jeff All right. Goldblum. Alright. William Hurt. And that's about it. I thought there were more. <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> there were. <laughs> No, never heard of this film. Oh, it's not very good. It's actually quite bad. Um, <laughs> but, um, I think it looks fine. I don't know. 
there are some jokes that may, in the trailers that have made me laugh, mostly just because it's Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza. And I, you know, I'd watch them do anything. Have not seen Dirty Grandpa. Don't think I'm ever going to watch that movie, though. Yeah, no, no, it's not know. worth it. No, it's definitely not. But it's like, all right, so if it was another bad movie like that, just starring Anna Kendrick or just starring Aubrey Plaza, I'd be like, fine. But if it's both of them together in the same movie you know i'm gonna see it like <laughs> i i know you're gonna see it but oh i know i also know it's gonna be a bad movie oh i know i'm gonna be se- severely disappointed just i'll probably cry no <laughs> i won't cry um i'm trying to think i can't even actually remember anything in the trailer the trailers have not been memorable <laughs> they're pretty that means. bad i just I want them to succeed. I want them to have great careers. I mean, Anna Kendrick kind of already has a great career, I'd say, um, with the Pitch Perfect movies, and which I guess is going to be a trilogy well, great, now. Great as in successful. Oh, yeah, great that's what I mean. as in great yeah. movies. Oh, I like the first Pitch Perfect. Don't, don't get me started on Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. I have seen both of them, unfortunately. Number two was pretty bad. I'll agree on that. I saw it twice. <laughs> but Albert Plaza has had a pretty good career as well. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you got, um, again, Parks and Rec, and, like, she's done a bunch of smaller indie movies. Safety and... Not Guaranteed. She yeah. was in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Of course, yeah. They were both in that, which makes that another one of that's Oh, another... yeah, Anna Kendrick was his sister. I yeah. completely forgot about that. It's one of the other reasons I love that movie so much. <laughs> um but, I mean, she's supposed to be in some X-Men spinoff show or something. Oh, yeah, she's going to be in uh, Legion. Legion, that's what it is. On FX. Yeah. Which so whether that actually ends up happening. It, I think so. It's pretty far into development at this oh, point. Oh, really? Okay. Well. And I think they gave it a series commitment already. I'm excited because uh, the showrunner is the creator of the TV show Fargo, which is oh. uh, excellent. Okay, I've always heard good things about that show. Is that on anything? Is that on, like, Hulu? It's on Hulu. I'm gonna watch that. After I'm done with Game of Thrones. Yes, finish Game of Thrones. Um, but yeah, anyway. I mean, I, I, we don't really have much to say about, like, David wedding dates. Because there's just not much to, much to say, I guess. So, I mean, if you want to see a movie that's going to let you down, it's gonna make you sad inside, go see Mike and David wedding dates. If you want to support... Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza. If you're if you're a fan, if you like Jacob Lacey, <laughs> then go see it, I suppose. I don't yeah. know. I even like the guy from Workaholics. What's his name? Uh, Adam. Adam. Adam something. Yep, you're right. Adam. And whatever. You know what we're talking about if you're watching this. He was also in the Pitch Perfect films. Which is just the strangest way to ever bring back a character for Pitch Perfect 2. Oh, yeah. I was like, why? <laughs> like, why did he even need to be in this? Yeah. Pitch Perfect 2, man. That was so bad. It was very bad. Somehow we gotta get that into a topic. (laughs) Anyway, that's the upcoming movies of the week. Uh, Next, we'll be doing the tried and true. Um, What have we been watching this week? What did you say the name of this place was? Is it Spider-Nice? E.T. Aaron, would you like to go first since I kind of have a longer, longer list? I suppose. I mean, right. mine's pretty simple, because uh, I'm just watching the same shows that I mentioned uh, last week. Oh, okay. I, I finished season one of uh, Mr. Robot. Okay. And that actually got, like, uh, really good at the end. 
Okay. It's like, uh, obviously not spoiling anything, but there's like, like the, uh, the main character of the show is kind of like an unreliable narrator. Like they revealed oh, okay. that in the very first episode that he's an unreliable narrator, but, but in like the back half of the season, they get like really intense with like, uh, using that in some interesting ways. Okay. So very excited for season two coming up. Interesting. And then I'm also continuing to watch uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So and good. It It's still actually really great. I don't know. The, like the songs are just phenomenal. Just right. uh, really, you know, funny and uh, accurate, uh, you know, just uh, ideas about relationships or stuff like that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But it's very funny. And then in terms of movies, uh, I watched The Running Man yesterday. The Running Man. An old, Arnold, an old Arnold Schwarzenegger film or whatever. I, I don't think I've seen it, but I think I know what it's about. That's like where they uh, have like the fights to the death or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's okay. kind of like a an older version of the Hunger Games kind of thing, where it's like okay. a televised game show where people have to like fight to the death. Right. I don't know. It it was not great. No. But it did have a couple. It had like a couple spots of really really brilliant satire that you know. So it was very uneven, but it was okay. And that's probably why it's persisted for so long, is that it does have those great moments. moments, And it is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who people love. And then I also saw Whiskey Tango Foxtrot this week, but we there talked we about that. Yeah. He loved it. It's his favorite movie ever. <laughs> Number one of the year. All right. Um, so, buckle in. How am I going to do this? Should I do it chronologically, or should I do it... Uh... Do whatever. I'm going to do it chronologically. So we recorded early last week. We recorded on a Saturday. Um, so at my at a theater near my house, we do flashback movies every week. So the And it's on Sundays. So the movie this week was E.T. Holy crap, E.T. <laughs> I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, like a toddler. And um, mm-hmm. I loved it. Just loved, loved it. I didn't realize it was that good. I like cried at several moments of the movie. It was emotional. Um, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir at this point because everyone has seen E.T. as an adult, except for me, probably. So that was E.T. Um, and then after that, the next day, I watched Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Had you not seen I, that before? I had not seen Birdman before. I, I When it first released on Blu-ray, when they announced it, I bought it. And I just hadn't watched it until now. I was like, oh, I'll watch this. Just didn't watch it, but I did now. <laughs> a very, very pretentious movie, for sure. Oh, but, definitely. But an amazing movie, nonetheless, I have to say. Um, it was very compelling. The characters were very interesting. Um, the thoughts and ideas it had about fame and about what it means to make it um, we're all really interesting and, uh, they hit you, they hit you, you know what I mean? And especially, mm-hmm. uh, Emma, Emma Stone's monologue when she's high and she's talking to her dad about the right. internet, what it means, what it means to be famous anymore. Um, that was really good. Um, <laughs> I mean, how recently have you watched this movie? I I don't think I've seen it since it first came out. Okay. Like, I saw it in theaters, like, before it was even nominated. Oh, okay. For... See, it wasn't, didn't play by us. 
This is before we got... So, what happened... You know this. I mean, you know what the theaters were, because he used to live by us. But, yeah. So they got a new theater. Um, they built a new one, which has GDX screen. And they play all the new movies. And there's a, another theater in the same within the same, like, five minutes of this theater, which basically now recently has decided that if it wants to stay alive, it needs to play smaller movies because it's never going to make money doing the big movies because there's it, the other theater is so much better. So now they're playing right. smaller movies. They played Big Short. They played uh, Room. They played all those movies. They played The Witch for a while as well. Um, is that the one showing uh, Swiss Army Man? It's not. Now? It's not. Oh. Even, which I'm like, why would you? Oh, God, it's so dumb. But, um, yeah, so if it would have been like that when Birdman came out, I probably would have seen it. But there's there's one scene in Birdman that was just like, I was just like, this is the most pretentious movie I've ever seen. And it's when he's talking to the, the critic, um, it, uh, when uh, Michael Keaton's character is talking to the critic. Right. Um, and she, like, just tears him open with her words. I'm like, I don't know if this is supposed to be because she's the, the villain, or, like, is this just how people really feel about theater? I'm like, because honestly, I don't get the appeal of theater at all. I saw Les Mis on Broadway um, about three years back, and I was like, I would just much rather watch the movie. This is, I cannot suspend my disbelief enough to be like, I'm like, you were on a stage. This is, no, this is really happening. You were on a stage right now. <laughs> like, I don't know. Where it is no, that's not like the movie's actually happening. Well, I know, but like, I don't you're, know. You're, so you're just crazy. staring at a screen. You don't even have a real person in front of you. I don't know why. I don't know why, man. I I just have been like that for a long time. Whereas like yeah, movies, I can, I can sink myself into movies. I can't really do that for theater. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen enough plays. But um, that was just that was just one of those moments. I'm like, okay, this is a little hamfisted, a little like, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a movie star. Movies suck or whatever. <laughs> like, well, okay. But uh, anyway, there were also some weird character motivations that were just like. Okay, especially with Edward Norton's character, which he was crazy. So, I mean, I guess that kind of explains some of it away, but I don't know. You haven't seen it recently, so I don't know how much you really even remember from... I I don't know if I remember... Especially with Emma Stone's character. But, uh, like, I remember, like, a lot of the scenes you're talking about, the big scenes, yeah. big emotional scenes. Yeah. And just, I don't know, I really loved this film when it first came oh, out. I, I, mean, I, I do love it. It's, it's very pretentious, but it can get away with it because it's also very good. Yes. And I just, I just love how the whole thing uh, looks like it's one take. Oh my god, yeah, I know, right? That was outstanding. That was... It was... That was cool. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say I always wanted a film done, done like that, you know, just like acted like it was all continuously one take i mean there yeah. were a few moments where it, where it like slightly disappointed me like when it would like paint up to the sky yeah. and then it would like do a time lapse on the sky i'm like you know that kind of breaks the effect a little i mean i know why it's necessary for the story but right it, it makes the cut a lot more obvious there so now this but, movie is oh, on the whole, oh i love it oh, oh i was just saying okay. I, I loved it all right i also did i loved it as well but this movie's been out for two years. Can we talk about the ending? Because what did you think Probably. of the ending? I, I liked it. I liked that it, you know, it stayed ambiguous. Like, like I don't want 
to like debate whether like he died or he lived or whatever because I think right. that's I think that's unimportant. Exactly. I think it, I think it's more like it's left ambiguous because that kind of like ties into its uh theme about like being famous and like your legacy or whatever mm-hmm. it's just kind of like this idea of uh he's like i have the holder and whatnot yeah kind of yeah. yeah i liked it i liked it a lot anyway uh moving on after that um of course game of thrones i've been powering through that i thought i was i thought i was watching the season finale one day I'm like, oh, that was that was not the season finale. Oh, I have two more episodes? Okay, great. <laughs> like, I didn't realize I was not as far as I was. Let me take a look and see where I so am. So how, how far are you at? So what I just watched, spoilers for Game of Thrones seasons, <laughs> season one. Um, oh, gosh, please don't start this. Well, episode. we don't need to spoil it. No. I'll, I'll know it. Oh, gosh. So well, I'm assuming I'm it was, like, episode nine. I... Yeah, let me let me just check. But um, one thing that I just wanted to talk about uh, before I get to this specific area where I ended is the scene where Khal Drogo fights a guy and straight up rips his throat out. <laughs> just the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you're you're just getting started. No, I'm on. I didn't. I haven't even watched episode nine yet. So you haven't watched episode nine yet. So I watched the end of episode eight, and I thought it was the end of the because you have oh. the setup of you know what what's happening with uh, Sean Bean's character, right? Yeah. So I I don't want to say too much. I don't want to spoil anything. People haven't watched it, but it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope I'm, I I hope I didn't like clue you it. Uh, like it's not like a spoiler. Just saying, like episode nine is a big one. No, no, no that's kind of that's kind of like the. Uh, general rule of thumb though for like game of thrones seasons is uh episode nine is like always like the biggest episode well, they like, need it's to not get necessarily you the, the season finale. finale right but like the season finale is often more just kind of like dealing with the fallout of episode nine and then like setting the pieces on the board for uh the next season right but like season like episode nine is like always like the biggest event okay so just you know interesting so whenever you whenever you get to I, an episode i mean nine, i already season, know what's gonna happen to it. with a couple of these characters because I'm like they're not in any of the other seasons so <laughs> they're obviously not making it through um anyway yeah, next... like... oh sorry what were you gonna say no, I was just gonna say like I said you can't you can't really watch Game of Thrones anymore without getting something spoiled yeah so next is The Shallows I already talked about it so don't need to talk about that uh the Peanuts movie yeah I mean I, love I feel like you liked it a lot more than I did I was like Okay. Well, I'm also I, I I'm like a huge watched Peanuts a fan, movies. you know? Yeah, exactly. I've, I've been a huge Peanuts fan since I was, like, very, very young. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I always you. collected the stuff and everything. Oh, I, I teared up quite a bit at the very end, <laughs> where he's talking to his crush or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know why, I just, like, I even, like, fell asleep for a little bit before that, because I was very tired. <laughs> it was only for, like, five, it was only for, like, two or three minutes. I didn't miss much. But because I, I had to wake up really early and watch my little sister, and yep. she was like, "Oh, I'm like, you want to watch Snoopy?" She's like, "Yeah." And then like halfway through the movie, she's like, "Want to do something else?" I'm like, "No, no, I need to watch. <laughs> I'm invested now. I can't, I can't, uh, can't miss this." But um, yeah, Peanuts movie was good. I feel like if you have kids or if you want to watch it with like a younger sibling, it's a great movie for that. I think 
it hits on all points. It has the action with Snoopy stuff. Uh, you know, he's, he's flying against the Red Baron. Um, it is a pretty good message, too, as well. Where just be true to who you are. Don't, like, try to be someone else. Don't try to... Especially when, um... Spoilers for the Peanuts movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> when he finds out that, uh... Oh, gosh, what's her name? You... Who? Peppermint Patty. You described them. Right? Yes. Okay. Where Maybe. he finds out that if she that's was... That's who you're the... talking about. Yeah, she was the one who had the, like, highest score on the test or whatever. Oh, right, yes. And then, you know, most movies, they'd be like, they'd try to ride that out for as long as possible. But Charlie Brown's just like, no, man, this isn't me. I'm sorry. Like, right out the gate, right when he finds out. I'm like, that's, like, a stand-up thing to do that, you like, you never... Yeah, I really, I really like that. Because, yeah, you... It could have easily gone a predictable route, but yeah. it didn't. So that yeah. was neat. That's really good. Alright, so after the Peanuts, now we get into the, uh... Now, I'm gonna name two things just right out the bait. Right out the bait? Right out the gate. Because I don't really have much to say about them. But if you like documentaries, and if you like sports stuff, I watched two 30 for 30s this week. Uh, Fantastic Lies in Four Days in October. Awesome. Really great. They're on Netflix. Watch them. If, especially if you like, uh, documentaries. Do you do you ever watch documentaries or? I watch some, yeah. All right. Not typically sports documentaries. Well, but... all right. So Fantastic Lies is kind of a sports movie, a sports documentary, but not really. It's about the Duke lacrosse team in 2006 when they were like accused of rape. Um, which, if you know anything about the real history of it, they found out that wasn't true. The girl lied completely about it just to try to get them. Um, but it's the story of what they went through and. Uh, how the government and the law system failed them pretty hard for a while. And it's uh, really interesting. Yeah. It felt more like, uh, did you watch making a murderer? No. Okay. Well, if you have out there watched making a murderer, it feels a lot more like that than actually a sports documentary. But four days in October is about the Boston Red Sox in 2004 when they finally beat the Yankees and went on to win the, uh, World Series. World Series. Thank you. Um, for the first time in 83 years, I think it was. So it, it was inspirational. Legitimately started tearing up a couple <laughs> times. I, I've just been emotional recently, I guess. Alright. <clears throat> do I want to end with an awful movie that I watched? Or do I want to end with a fantastic movie that I watched? Oh, you have like two left? Yes. End with the fantastic movie. Okay. Well... <laughs> You're gonna. So next, I uh, I watched the Do Over. <laughs> Why? Why? Because it was on. It was yeah, on. Yeah, it, it's on Netflix all the time. No, no, but... it was like on. Someone was watching it, and so I just like oh. I'll, I'll sit and watch this with you. <sighs> I watched I watched ten minutes of it. <laughs> I watched I watched that much. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, did you get to the point where, like, you actually find out what the actual movie is about? No. Because there's, really. like, a legitimate, like, moment in the movie where it, like, turns around and it's like, no, it's about the cure to cancer. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay. I'm going to spoil this movie because no one should ever watch this ever. So Adam Sandler's character has cancer in the movie. And so they're trying to find the cure to cancer, which we find out no one has. Because well, the government can't make money uh, if they... <laughs> that's so cliche. I know. It's such a oh, cliche conspiracy theory that doesn't make any sense at all. But yep. whatever, Adam Sandler. Yep. 
oh, they go for that, and they do it so poorly. There is no heart or soul or anything or no feeling in this movie for doing something that, like, but cancer is like a legitimately awful thing, and they make light of it the whole time. <laughs> like, well, that's Adam Sandler's uh, mo is just you know making fun of yeah of uh, you know actual awful things and yes, but making it really terrible. I just it was so bad. It was awful. None of the jokes you are You should funny. have known that. You should have known. Legit. No, I knew it was going to be awful. Legitimately didn't laugh once in the whole movie. Which is really bad when you're making a comedy movie. <laughs> it's on Netflix for free, so if you want to torture yourself, have fun. Or don't. Yeah, just don't. Anyway, next is Jaws. Saw Jaws for the first time ever. Which how how have you never seen Jaws before? I just haven't, man. It's like one of those things I've seen scenes from it whenever whenever it would be on like movie channels when I was younger. I'd watch the scene and I'd be like, "This is boring," and then I like turn it or whatever. Because you really need from beginning to end for the whole for anything to have any stakes. I think for the movie. Yeah. Also, weird, really weird that there's like complete nudity in a pg movie from 1975 well that was before pg 13 well so no i, I kinda like even still pg 13 i was like there are children in this theater and i was like okay <laughs> yeah, anyway the grove eventually yeah i guess so i mean they've seen titanic come on now let's just show them all of them show them the saw movies or something <laughs> oh, God. that's what i'm gonna show my kids yeah Three years old. What are we going to watch today, Dad? Saw 5. Let's do this. <laughs> I haven't seen one before. Who cares? <laughs> but, um, Jaws was outstanding. Just, for being a movie that was made in the 70s, the shark still looks real today, which is crazy. I did not expect that. I was going to be like, oh, this little cardboard shark's going to come flopping out of the water. Nope, it looks straight up real still. Um, and of course, John Williams' score, uh, right. full effect, just crazy good. Um, builds that suspense so well. Um, legitimately makes your heart pump a little bit. Also, the scene where he's checking the bottom of the boat and the head pops out yep. and it made me and Rackpaw scream. <laughs> oh, you saw it with Rackpaw? Yeah, yeah, Rackpaw came with me. And we, we, we screamed like little girls. And there was a woman like, two rows in front of us and, like, over to the other side of the theater who, like, really screamed, like, really loudly and just laughed for minutes after it. Like, to the point where, like, just stop laughing, please. This is a different scene now. But she just couldn't. She lost her mind. Um, but yeah, I love Jaws. Um, I can finally say that I've seen Jaws, um, and it was awesome. So now you can watch Jaws the Revenge. Ooh, Ooh. And then, like, this Jaws time 5. It's personal. This time it's personal. <laughs> Jaws 5, which came out, like, two years ago, so. I think. Yep, sure. I don't what? Know. I remember, I think a Jaws movie came out recently, like, straight to DVD. I could be wrong. No. Though. No? No, they haven't made one since the fourth one. Are you sure? Oh, wait, no, I think it was, like, a foreign film that ripped off the name. Jaws? Yes, there there okay. is a foreign Jaws movie. That's what I'm thinking of. But anyway, that that is the movie, the movies that I've watched this week. Long one, but uh, 
good, good nonetheless, I think. Uh, except for the do-over. Very bad. Yes. Well, now, we're going to do, I think, one of the hardest ones we've ever done. The ranking of the Harry Potter movies. Mostly because there's so many of them. Um, so we're going to count part one and part two as separate movies, or are we going to count them as one? I count them as separate. Okay, we can do separate. I think separate is definitely the You want to go, go first? Because I, uh, like, I, I have I way more uh, opinionated. Yes, because you're, you're definitely much more of a Harry Potter fan than I am. I, I don't want to call myself hardcore anything, but if I was hardcore anything, I'm a hardcore Harry Potter fan. Um, I mean... I was just going to show something on the camera. They can't see us, so never mind. I have <laughs> bought the books three times, all of them three times, because they have separate covers. I bought the British ones as well. Uh, <laughs> and they're releasing new Blu-rays with new cases. Might have to get them. <laughs> I, might, I have the collection on my wall right now of all eight, but anyway. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, they're good, not great. The books are amazing. How dare The books are good, not great. Um, okay. But, alright, here's my Stop. ranking. Here's yeah. my ranking. Alright. Alright. Deathly Hallows Part 2. Wow. Prisoner of Azkaban. Sorcerer's Stone. Half-Blood Prince. Deathly Hallows Part 1. Order of the Phoenix. Chamber of Secrets. Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Let me sit you down and tell you all the things you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, read it Read it through one more time. I'm going to write yours down. Alright. Deathly Hallows Part 2. Okay. Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. Half-Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. Deathly Hallows Part 1. Mm-hmm. Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Chamber of Secrets. Alright. Goblet of Fire. fire you. <sighs> okay. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine. I'm gonna start off by saying two is at the bottom. For sure. Chamber of Secrets is the worst movie because it's so slow, I think. Like nothing ha like they tried too right, hard it's... to stick to the book where it that it's... doesn't really work so much. What? You're exactly. cutting out. There's just too much. Oh, oh, am I? Yeah. No, no, I Hello? mean like your video was. You're good now. Three, oh. two, one. You're good. I thought you wanted to say something. Oh, I was I was just saying that I, I agreed with you that it, they tried to cram too much in and that just made it very bloated and, you know, much more slow than the other films. Yeah. All right. So first, my number one is uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Which is just, I think, an outstanding film. Still, that's probably the only Harry Potter movie that stands on its own a little bit. Like, you don't... Right, like, it's it's the only one without, like, the whole Voldemort. Right. Besides Six, I guess. But Six is so well, convoluted six by is that. The, six is the Horcrux. The Horcrux, the but Voldemort himself is never in the book, or in the movie. Right, but it ties more in. To the over. Yeah. I see. I see what you're. See what you're saying. Okay. Sorry. 
you know, kind of making this as I go along, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> so three, um, well, all right, I'm going to say five is second to last, because I don't like Order of the Phoenix very much at all. Yes, I didn't either. <laughs> um, it's just, it was one of those things where, like, you split seven into two parts. So now, the thing with splitting movies into, or books into two movies, don't like it that much. I think it worked for Harry Potter, um, because there was a lot there. It, it fit, uh, the, you know, 700 pages, you can split that into two movies. But, right, not 300 pages into three movies, <laughs> Peter Jackson. The Hobbit. <laughs> um, oh, no, I like, I like the Hobbit movies, but I still have to. Oh, yeah, I like them, too. I still have to three was, uh, three was rough, I think. Just, I like three. Okay. Um, but, so, five, more than anything, more than any other Harry Potter book, could definitely have been split into two movies. Because it's just, that is the densest book. Um, there's so much that happens there. They even took stuff out of five and then put it into six with uh, Ron as the uh, keeper for Quid- Quidditch. Uh, <laughs> Gryffindor's team, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. And which is one of the best parts of the book, I think. Um, also, Gorp was kind of forced. Like in the book, it feels a lot more natural. And the thing is, they introduce Gorp, then like 20 minutes later, um, Umbridge is being taken away by the. Well, I know Gorp <laughs> is never in that scene in the movie, is he? I have no idea who you're talking about. Uh, Hagrid's half brother. Oh, I hate you so much. Sure, <laughs> sure. I'm just gonna go with that. Anyway, <laughs> he was in the movie. I don't but remember. I, where but I think the thing is, before you move on, the thing is to remember is like, like you have to look at them just as films, not no, as yes, I know. I know. adaptation. So even if they cut a lot of stuff out, that doesn't necessarily make it a bad film. But that's the, I'm not. First of all, this is my list of my favorites, so it yeah, I know. It doesn't really have to do too much with it, although I think it does more often than not. But, I mean, <laughs> so, number one is, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Number two is Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, I know it's your oh, least Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Goblet of Fire. Um, I just don't, I, it's hard to quantify, or, quantify, I guess. It's hard for me to understand why I love that movie so much, but it is. It's just one of my favorites. Um, it's one of my favorite movies, really, ever. I don't know that I'd ever put it in... I don't know if I'd put any of the Harry Potter movies in my top 20 list, even. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just... It's one of the movies I can put in, I can pop it in, I can watch it any time. You know, you got the, the Voldemort strand, you got the mystery of where where's Body Crouch Jr., or what is what does he have to do with all this? Although that was done very poorly, I think, in the movie. Um, I don't even know what you're talking. Party Crouch Jr. <laughs> My God, Aaron. Is that? Oh, <laughs> I think I remember that now. He was. Uh, That's David Tennant. Movie. What? That's David Tennant's yes. role, right? Yes. Yeah. Before David Tennant was like a person that everyone knew and loved, right? I'm assuming. When I did Dave, when was David Tennant the Doctor? I've never watched Doctor Who. I don't, know. I, I, I don't watch Doctor Who. I'm like sucks. I'm casually familiar with the <laughs> mythology or whatever, but I've yeah. never watched it. So okay, so after four, I'm gonna go with six. Uh, Half Blood oh. Prince. I the thing with Half Blood Prince, I think that 
none of the other movies really ever did, and I think maybe they placed it at a really wrong time for the series, maybe. But it showed more of like the day to day life of who these characters were and what they did. Like it, um, and the book did it more, I guess, because Harry was like falling in love with Ginny or whatever, and which I yeah. just never understand. Yeah, I still hate that romance. I appreciate it more now, and I don't know why. Um, I reread the books recently, and I'm like, okay, I get it now. Like, for some reason... I think was... in the movies, especially, though, it oh, yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. Just because, like, he really paid her no mind until... Let's call it episode five. Episode <laughs> Until, um, Order of the Phoenix, where she's, like, at the Ministry of Magic, and then that's right. it. She's in, for the... she's in Dumbledore's army, and then whatever. Um, but I like that whole, the whole aspect of it, that it, this is their day-to-day lives, this is what their romances are like, this is, uh, Ron and Lavender Brown, although I kind of hate that Lavender, <sighs> I mean, you know that Lavender Brown was, like, uh, race-swapped in the movie, right? Like, she's, she was black in the beginning of the movies, and then when Ron had to be in a relationship with her, they, like, switched her to being white. I Which... did not know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so awful. That's terrible. It's so bad. I just... <sighs> like, they legitimately had an actress for her, too. And then I was like, nope, this can't happen. <laughs> like, oh, God. And now Hermione's black in the uh, play. So, there you go. Take that. Yeah, take Racists. that, Hayley. <laughs> but, um, anyway, that's... Ep- ep- nope. Not episode six. <laughs> Half-Blood Prince. That's what I'm looking for. Alright, so I have Order of the Phoenix. Nope. Oh my god. I think I'm losing my mind. Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, Half-Blood Prince. Then I'm gonna go, um... What's it called? Deathly Hallows Part 1. Actually, oh. like, actually like 1 better than 2. Part part 1, then better than 2. Because it goes one. Part 1 and then Part 2. Part 2 just didn't so feel like cool. Harry Potter to me, man. Yeah, Maybe like, that's why I liked it best. Boom, know. boom. Blow stuff up. Oh, we're not even saying spells anymore. We're just fucking our wands. <laughs> that might be why it's my favorite. I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, there are great moments in uh, part two. Like, I love anything Neville does in part two. Uh, McGonagall is really cool in part two. Um, and I'm not going to try and even lie to you that I legitimately still don't ball every time I even think about Snape and, uh, Snape, yeah. Snape and, uh, Lily. But it's, uh, it just, it didn't feel very much like Harry Potter to me, and that was a problem. Like, it... I think... Well, no, sorry. No, I'm, I'm just saying I think that's why I like it the most. I think it's just, like, a lot more uh, kinetic than the rest of the yeah. films. You know, it's just, like, constant action kind of thing. And yeah. I don't know. But, um, so my main problem with the movie, this is... And I know you say don't compare him to, like, the books or whatever, but this is, like, a legitimate problem, where in the book, he literally just talks to Voldemort, and there's no, like, huge, like, everyone's gathered around, they're just watching, like, there's a huge circle around them, and they're just talking, and he's, like, explaining to him, and he's talking to him, and he's, like, explaining what happened, and then Voldemort just, like, gets sick of it, and he's like, eh, Ivana Kedavra, and it, like, bounces off something, comes back at him, and kills him, <laughs> like... And then he's just yeah, that's not very cinematic, though. No, I know? get that, but that would—it's just—it's such an amazing part of the book where it's just like he doesn't need to fight him. Voldemort, his own, his own hubris, his own hate is what destroys him in the end. Not Harry like doing some freaking wand thing and like I would agree that the, throwing him off of the yeah. roof and 
Yeah, that's definitely not a great fight scene. No. Especially when they're just, you know, just like pointing their wands and they're like the red beam and the green beam and you're like... Yeah. And then... Kind of like a lightsaber duel that the characters don't move at all. Yeah. The worst part of it, though, is when Voldemort fades away into nothingness, which completely takes away his humanity. It takes away that he was a real person. It's just like, oh, this magic guy just floated into the sky. It's like, no, like, this was a real human being who was an awful person, and, like, it takes away the fact of how awful he was, I think, when you're just like, oh, the magic guy is gone now. <laughs> like, I don't know. As, like, this dead body is just here, as opposed to that, where it's just like, mm, we just got a dead guy here now. Whoops. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I, no. I could explain it a lot better if I wasn't trying to. No, I get it. You're, you're, you're almost convincing me. You're almost convincing me. Oh, all right. Cool. Almost. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, so I, I'm very stubborn. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna oh, actually no. change my opinion, but I'm gonna. You're gonna get as far as I'm almost. considering it, almost three, four, six, seven, eight, um, one, and then I think that fills it in. And then like uh, five and two to finish off, right? Yeah. So three, four, six, seven, eight, one, five, two, and uh, Sorcerer's Stone, fun movie. Their acting is awful. Just so Their bad. Their acting is terrible horrendous especially and i hate to say it because i love emma watson so much but her acting is just horrendous in that movie she gets very very much progressively better as the movies go on though is... i think that one just ranks so highly on my list though it's just i think maybe because i've seen it the most out of all of them so yeah like all the scenes have like become iconic to me or whatever right you know that's understandable so how are we gonna do this I think we can live with three as number one. Yes, I think we can live with that as well. So let's set that in. Let's get that locked in. All right, three as number one. Got it. What can we live with as number two, though? Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for that. Let's do it. All right, three, six. And now I don't know. Now it's, now it's just right. Um, Seven. I can live with seven being next. Uh, eight, I suppose. Do eight. Uh, do eight. I, I don't want to do seven. Do eight. Like seven's just it's a lot of, of build up to oh, like nothing in the, oh, it's the like in, in the film itself. I like I like a lot of the like, the more low key character moments, mm-hmm. but then like the climax is just really you know lame. Yeah. So how do you feel about the Harry and Hermione dance scene in the tent? I think it's one of my favorite parts of that movie. Yeah, it's so no, I really like it. Everyone hates it, but I'm just like this is, and like I feel like it's because everyone hates it because. Did you ever get the feeling of it that they were like a thing, or they wanted to be like a thing? I never got that feeling. I was like, these are just Harry's trying to help his friend feel better because her boyfriend literally just walked out on them. I don't know. I think Harry's a bit creepy in that scene. You know, he's a bit <laughs> of a creeper. I think Harry definitely had a thing for her. I, I, all right. Well, that's interpretation. Who knows? Right, right. I do. She, he didn't have a thing for him. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Um, so three, six, eight. Um, seven next, then? I suppose. So then it would be go seven, one? Yep. Sounds good. And then four. I mean, four is going to be low because <laughs> I put I it so high. I just did not like it at all. <laughs> I, explain it to me. Why didn't you like it? 
don't know. I think I think like part of it was just like the whole return of Voldemort just felt anticlimactic kind of thing. You know, it like didn't feel as like it didn't have as as much of an impact as it should have if he's supposed to be like the big villain or whatever. And then okay. just like the whole games didn't really. Oh, those are so cool. Do anything? I don't know. They're just especially the dragon scene. Oh. Although he would have broken so many bones doing all of that. Like when he's like falling over the castle and like he's trying to grab onto stuff, like his fingers would snap and break. Like he'd be dead within moments. But um I don't know. I really like it. Well we'll go. It's all for... opinion anyway, so Yeah. But it'll go four, then I'm assuming five, then five two. two. So our official list of the Harry Potter movies, which David has not seen. That's why we're doing them today. So he's seen none of them. He's read none of the books. He is a, a loser. That's Boo shocking. Him. Boo him again. No, he's not he quite as never seen Jaws, but... Oh, wow. I think that's <laughs> not even true. Um, never reading a book? Like, the only one he's seen is the one where the old man falls out the window, as he describes it. <laughs> <sighs> so our official list is The Prisoner of Azkaban, Half-Blood Prince... Uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2, Deathly Hallows Part 1, Sorcerer's Stone, Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, and Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets is just not very good. Nope. So now we are moving on to the bad movie of the week. Oh my god! I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Carpet day! I take it again this week because David is not uh, here with us. But um, this is a movie that is awful. It's absolutely, absolutely awful. Bad. I don't want to say awful. Because what I'm going to do this week... We, we haven't really done this. We've mostly picked movies that we find have no redemption at all. Um, Paul Boy Mall Cop 2. Uh, Ouija. Um other ones that we picked. <laughs> but, I mean, you Troll picked Jason two. X when we... Oh, Troll 2 is fine. <laughs> yeah, Troll 2. Um, <laughs> but this is a movie that Aaron, I know, believes that there are no redeemable qualities for. Um, but I'm going to try to convince him that it's not quite as bad as he may think it is. Um, and that yeah. movie is Sucker Punch. <laughs> so the bad movie of the week is Sucker Punch. <gasps> This is the um, uh, well, um, Zack Snyder film. It's so bad. It's so bad, Aaron. I, I, I'm with you on that. It's bad. I only watched 20 minutes of it and gave up. So. Uh, I, I urge you to try again and get past that 20-minute mark because it gets better. It does. Um, so... It's we've talked about it a little bit on the show already, but um, it's a movie about a girl who goes to an insane asylum. Um, she like kills she kills her little sister, I believe, accidentally. Um, Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh. So, like tried try, she tried to shoot her like abusive stepfather, missed and accidentally shot her sister, killed her sister. They send her to a, an insane asylum. Um where she creates a fantasy world within the insane asylum where she's working at like a brothel showgirls type place. Um, so that's where most of the movie takes place is in the showgirl area, uh, showgirl mindset. Um, 
so most of the movie takes place there. And then it it's a movie about coping with awful situations, which is funny because the movie is an awful situation. <laughs> I was just gonna say. <laughs> um, but so when she's like, uh, she's forced to dance for someone in the brothel section, which is like her forced to go through tests or whatever within the asylum mindset. Um, she goes into a fantasy mindset where she and all so of her many friends. Layers. Huh. Oh, it's you gotta go deeper. Um, but where her and her friends they like fight monsters, demons. It depends on the dance, and it's set to mind you, really great covers, really great covers of songs. Oh, agreed. agreed. Um, uh, sweet dreams, actually sung by the lead actress Emily Emily Browning. Browning, thank you. Um, you got White Rabbit. You got uh, um. Tomorrow Never... God, what's it called? It's a Beatles song. I love the Beatles. I can't think of it. Tomorrow Never Knows. Um, other songs that are amazing. You got the, them set to great covers. Uh, the, these, I wish I knew how to talk. Great action sequences set to great uh, covers. No. Hear me out. I'm trying to. No, let me hear you out first. What makes you think they're bad? There's no, like, well, like, the only one I saw, because I quit mm-hmm. 20 minutes in Yeah, was, the uh, only one you saw. Yeah, exactly. The first one with the giant samurai Oh, yeah, things. that's the worst one and, in the whole movie. Well, it's just, it's, the CGI had no weight to it whatsoever, you know? I think that's the like, point, though. It's I'm just... Not, I'm not, listen, I know I'm sounding, I'm playing devil's advocate right now. I really think this movie is bad, but I do think it has its, it has its moments. Um... Okay, so the CGI is bad, but couldn't you chalk that up to this being the girl's imagination? And not only that, her imagination two layers deep. But what I'm saying is like there's no dramatic stakes to the action or whatever because there's no there's no weight to the CGI Again, and it's obvious she's just you know like flipping around in front of a green screen kind of thing. Okay, but and you haven't gotten this far in the movie, so like you don't. Eventually, these dances, these fight sequences, start having real stakes to them. There are real things happening within um, these dances. I've seen, like, bits and pieces of the rest of the movie. Okay. Like, on TV. Alright. Well, so mostly my, my defense for it is Zack Snyder knows what he's doing when he's shooting a movie. Whether or not he knows what he's doing directing a movie... Or writing a movie, or making <laughs> convincing character developments, uh, <laughs> but he knows what he's doing when he's framing shots, when he's uh, he's making. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry, you're just. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I there just... are strings sticking okay. on my t-shirt. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, yeah, he knows what he's doing there. Um, this movie is gorgeous. I think. Um, I would disagree, but. Again, I am playing devil's advocate because there are a few scenes that are awful. The samurai scene, one of the worst scenes of the movie. It's cool, but it doesn't quite reach like the later sections where they're in the the um the uh, trenches. That's a great scene, I think. Um, which I don't know if you've seen that or not. Uh, that's like the second one, I think. 
I might have seen. But it's all it's all strung together by this one old man who is in all of the dream sequences. He's not in the brothel level or the asylum level. But so it's all drawn together by this one man. He's teaching her how to fight. He's teaching her how to let go of all of these things that she's done. She needs she's he's teaching her how to free these other girls, get them free from the asylum because all these girls are actually in the asylum with her. Right. Um and eventually, I mean, spoilers, can I spoil it for you? Because sure. the story is not the part that you should care about in this movie. <laughs> um, eventually, the only way that they can all be free is if she gets her lobotomy. Um, or in the real, <laughs> in the real, and not the, that's the real layer. The second layer, she like, has to have sex with John Hamm. Um, <laughs> which is, <laughs> John Hamm's in this movie. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I saw him in the part i watched what yeah he's wait he's in much more of the director's cut than he is in the there's a director's cut yes i own it Uh... Uh, (laughs) i I had to watch it i'm like well it the director's cut is better it explains things more but part of the movie that i think is really good is the ambiguity now i'm not going to try to compare this movie to birdman but hear me out (laughs) like i'm trying i'm trying it has that same feeling to it where there's the ambiguity of it all where in the end was this all in her head was this all even real um what in this movie is real was the asylum even real did she even really kill her sister is maybe the only broth only the brothel level the real level of the movie it's all open-ended which is nice and you don't really see much of i think in movies nowadays or ever um i think it was I'm sorry. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm getting flustered because I'm like trying to defend this movie, and it's just so hard because there's so very little to be said for it. Especially like the acting is really bad as well. Um, story's nonsensical. Um, but I think more often than not, it's an interesting look into Zack Snyder how he wants to do something. Like he wants to tell this deep story about female empowerment and about um, escapism and all this stuff, and he just doesn't quite know how. Like, if he would have gotten someone else to direct it, and maybe he just wrote it, and then the director could be like, alright, well, this is what we can do. You can change this stuff. We can cut this. Get all this stuff about Vanessa Hudgens' character out of here because she literally has no bearing on the rest of the movie. Uh, (laughs) And then, um... I don't know. I just feel like... Have I sold you at least a little bit in trying to rewatch it? Maybe just trying to get through one more time. I mean, if, if I can go a little into it, like, like I like I said, the CGI has no weight. Exactly. And right. just the film was just like so hollow. Like it's like twenty minutes in, and it's like you have no idea like who all any of these characters are, why you should care about them. You know what? Oh, you never why do care things about matter. The only yeah. thing you care about is Baby Doll in the end. And then like even her. Just... I was gonna talk about like Baby Doll because like like you said. There's, like, he's, like, trying to do, like, a lesson about female empowerment, and, like, mm-hmm. I've heard, like, this or whatever, but, and I, like, I, I know this is, like, part partially his intention, but just, like, the way, the, the makeup on Baby Doll when she enters, like, the first fantasy layer or whatever, the you know, like, brothel. not not in the, yeah, the brothel, okay. just, like, the way they do her makeup or whatever, it's just very, I don't know, it's just, un, it's, makes you uncomfortable you know it's a, it's very unsettling like, yeah 
but, but I like okay, I know like part of it is like Zack Snyder's like trying to make you feel that way, and mm-hmm. then he's trying to like subvert it's a little like ideas or whatever, but for sure. But I don't know. I I don't think it, he quite pulled it off because I think oh. you know it's just like he's trying too hard to also indulge in it without condemning it entirely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get you. I understand what you're saying. But would it convince you if I said the director's cut has a full-on musical sequence with Oscar Isaac singing and dancing? Oh, man. He had some uh, pretty sweet dance moves in Ex Machina. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, That's true. He did. But, um, yeah, with his little creepy mustache in the movie. It's like a Hitler (laughs) mustache. Right. Yep. I don't know. I just, I think maybe give it one more try, if you can. If you can find it on something and you're just like, oh, nothing else to do today. Just give it one more try. Because I think the ideas and what it tries to do, even though it fails, are pretty interesting. And they're, I feel like there's a good reason to watch it at least all the way through and be like, I watched this movie. <laughs> like, all right. I don't. I don't think that's something to be proud of. No, I don't. But here's the thing: I don't think it's an awful <laughs> film. I think it's very bad. But there are the things like the visuals and the the covers that propel it over awful. Anyway, that is the bad movie of the week. Sucker Punch. Um, if you've seen it, leave us a comment on SoundCloud telling me if you liked it or not. Because and I'm assuming you didn't because it's an awful movie. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> All right, Aaron, you have the bad movie. No, you have the. You Moving have on to fault the fault in our yes. stars, the fault your our... stars. Oh my god, we're, in, we're a garbage truck on fire. Um, Aaron, moving on to the fault in your stars. Oh, okay. I don't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's gonna bug me if I don't. Your music's bad, and you should feel bad. You have the the review for the week, and you also texted me. This may be the worst review that we've ever found. So That is true. Just before I get into this, well, like three things. Okay. One, you're going to get this. Okay. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't censor it in a way to avoid all the details they give away that make sure you're going to understand what movie this is. Okay. And second off, this review took up three and a half screenshots on my phone. <laughs> oh, no. So it's a long one. Here we go. Here we go, kids. And and third, I think the best way I could describe this review is it. it's almost like Charlie from Always Sunny <laughs> wrote it. <laughs> Where it's like you can see what they're trying to say, but they're not using the words in the correct order <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, God. All right. Well, hit me with it. Let's see what we got. All right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Four stars. Four stars. Oh, boy. Four stars. All right. It was predicted that Blank's fourth round of treating the Blanks onto the silver screen was going to get underrated again by critics with their own opinions in the usual state of negativity, and that it seems to have a potential to be the best yet. Those predictions were confirmed to be right and agreeable. (laughs) The potential consists a smooth into with a struggling father trying to save up for his daughter's college fund. 
It's like the new film is going with a different approach, with a look of being a nice drama, then right away going to the situation and explosions, thus beginning the prediction on being the best by being compelling. The man then <laughs> thoroughly inspects an old semi-truck he'd brought along, but found out it's a blank. Later, after the discovery... The CIA branch of agents showed up, threatening the family, and got attacked by the blank for doing so. The story goes on from there, as we have all seen the previews and knows what it's about. It was just to prove my point on that it was making a different impression than how the original trilogy approached in their trailers. From viewing the movie, the father, blank, is a struggling inventor trying to make a oh. buck to pay up his bills, not save up for his caring daughter blank life for his caring daughter's life for college and future meanwhile the remaining blanks are being hunted down by a hunter blank with those mentioned agents helping out by looking how the two plots has different tones than later in this i'm sorry <laughs> by looking how the two plots has different tones than later intersects it's like how it was in the first film with the blank plot and the blanks showing up for the blank. This is the <laughs> usual format for launching a new trilogy. The first trilogy went from the blank to the last of the involved blank. Now this new trilogy expands the franchise to explore further into their roots and origins. Blank is surprisingly the best one yet as a slight next to both the original and its predecessor when going in a fresh direction with better senses despite being unoriginal and flawed to both at least half of the script writing <laughs> what <laughs> and the structure when opening up plots before the intersection furthermore <laughs> okay I on how flawed it casually turned out to be is the start of questioning Blank's senses on overboard explosive destruction of mindlessly illogic and randomly unnecessary. The destructive moment seen in the film with an increased height probably was a way to challenge the visionary aspect of the film being larger than the oh. characters. Oh. <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, the qualities are pretty much the same around the heightened visual effects on the spirited action sequences, with a human approach to the driving stunts and action as they were running the show whilst sharing the action-packed spotlight with the blanks. The film's bolstered by an, an appealing new cast that supports their portrayals of the mostly new characterizations by their individual performances and going along with the lightning humor. <laughs> lightning humor? I don't know. I don't know. As, as it's a new trilogy, the casting seems to be more, be overall more enjoyable to the mechanical oh. formula than the original trilogy casting. But oh, it seems no. that it's going to be like the original film that consisted better casting than its two successors with some of the really good ones not returning. Oh my god. Blank continued its flaws and heightened its qualities when only improving in the freshness of the approach with a more favorable cast. The start of the franchise's new trilogy may have similarities to the first installment in formula and choices. It proved to be compelling to see what's next for the coming films that are ambitiously exploring the toy line on the filmic scale B+. So, 
it like sounded like they were it, it like sounded that like they were trying to have complex thought but like couldn't figure out what the words that they were saying meant like they would use big words but they wouldn't work in the sentences that they chose exactly. <laughs> so i know what it is but straight up the first thing i thought it was when you started this i'm like live free or die hard that's a really good movie i'm like what i'm like are you considering this a bad movie because that one's about his daughter and like whatever but then you're like fine found because you like found the semi-truck i'm like i don't remember that happening in that movie and then eventually you get to like explosions explosions like transformers 4 age of extinction Indeed. Final guess. I just, I don't understand this. This review. That's. <laughs> I just, I. That's so long, too. That's such a long review. It is. Like, it's like a legit attempt at a. <laughs> a legitimate review. review. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe halfway through they weren't just typing about the movie and they're like, oh, this movie sucked. And they just, like, dial back and they're like, oh, one star. Oh, my God. Man, Transformers 4. I think you're right. That might have been the best review that we've ever had on here. It's just so mis- I don't know. I was cracking up just reading. I honestly couldn't tell you what their main points in that review were. Like, what they said was better. The casting, which I don't understand. <laughs> the casting, if anything, was oh, worse wait, than wait, the wait, original. The film's bolstered by an appealing new cast <laughs> that supports their portrayals of the mostly new characterizations. Not not entirely new. Some of these characters <laughs> just rehashes of the previous trilogies. <laughs> what does this even mean? But... It, the the films the cast that supports their portrayals by their individual performances. <laughs> that's you're not saying anything there. No, that's just you're a, going that's in just a, a circle. Yeah. Wow. And going wow. along with the lightning humor. The lightning humor, of course. The lightning. So much lightning humor. God, Transformers Four was so bad. <laughs> No did we figure out did, did Optimus Prime have sex with that dinosaur because I think that's what happened in that movie I couldn't tell you anything that happened in that movie <laughs> I, I don't even know it's just it was painful to watch Transformers 5 yep they're filming in Detroit right now <laughs> oh god Anyway, they got, they got the people back from the first oh, movie or whatever. Weren't Tyrese they saying? And what's his name? Wait, what? Tyrese Gibson. Oh, Tyrese right. Gibson. Okay, yeah, oh, that's right. I just weren't they saying it was gonna be all in space for a while? Number five. I don't think they ever said that. I'm pretty sure they're that... too in love with these terrible human characters. Yeah, the worst part of the whole movie, which is saying something, because the Transformers are pretty bad, too. <laughs> At least in the first... Now, how do we feel about Transformers 1? It's dumb, but it's, it's... like dumb in the way the old Transformers cartoons were, where they're exactly. dumb, but... They're like the watch. old Transformers movie, which is not good. Like the 80s one, it's like, 
yeah, they kill Optimus Prime, but only because they wanted to bring new toys out. They're like, oh, we got to get new toys in here. Kill all the old ones. Let's bring in. Right, right. Like, this was never a great franchise to begin with. No. It was always just, you know, a poor excuse to sell toys. But exactly. And like no excuse for Michael Bay's actions. Oh, yeah. No, for real. Transformers 1, it's fine. The Transformers are actually pretty good in Transformers 1. Like, the... It's fine. But... And then number two is just, like, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And then number three, they kind of bring it... Not... They don't get anywhere close to number one. The, the is, second... The final, like, hour of the film where it's just, like, one long action sequence in... Mm-hmm. in uh, what's the real word they in? Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. It, that's the... What's the name of that one? Dark, dark Side of the dark, Moon? Dark of the Moon. That's what it is. And you got... Uh, Leonard Nimoy, but like the, Atlanta. yeah, <laughs> or Leonard Nimoy. But uh, the last hour of that film is mostly watchable. Yeah, yeah, the action. But the yeah. the first half of it is just it's really bad, pain. especially because they try to explain away Megan Fox. <sighs> yeah, that was just awkward. Yeah, and then they legitimately spoil what happens in that movie at the very beginning when he's with the little robot and he's talking about Spock. It's like, this is the one where, like, Spock dies or whatever. <laughs> like, Spock sacrifices himself or something like that. And it's like, oh, well, thanks. Now everyone knows what's going to happen in this movie. <laughs> right. And then number four is just uh, one of the worst films ever made. So there you go. There's a history on Transformers. Wait, I see. If you will indulge me, I when I was searching for my review, I actually found, I was looking at Transformers 2 first. And I found this review that's very interesting. I will indulge you, for sure. It, it it wouldn't work for a game, really, because, like, there's no way to get it without, like, knowing what they're actually talking about. Okay. But it's just it's a very interesting review. Let's do this. So this is for Transformers 2. All right. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. How could it be that bad? Well, maybe there's one thing that's bad. If somebody asked me what the worst character in the movie is... I would say it's Alice. I would feel much better if her tongue was ripped off. In a way, (laughs) Sam would open the car window, letting Alice's tongue in. He grabs it, and he closes the window, squishing the tongue's mechanism and ripping it in half. The Decepticon will leave a growl, and then Alice's voice will scream so loud and long it could almost blow people's eardrums, and herds of deer could hear it from a very, very far distance. That, Alice that's is the their uh, entire review. The girl that's, Decepticon, right? Yeah, the the female Decepticon. The most awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Why? Why did they make these movies? <laughs> there was a there was a kid in uh in middle school who was obsessed with the first Transformers movie, like the 2007 one. Obsessed right. with it, and. He, the one quote he would oh he would always quote this all the time, like twenty four seven. It's when they're in the the waiting room, uh, waiting for the CIA or whatever to come in, and it's the girl and the guy who they were at the house or whatever, and they were plugging the USB in trying to like get the encryption or whatever. That movie makes no sense. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, I know where he's like, up. he's like, yo, now you're not eating. They know you're guilty. Now see me. Oh yeah, I the, the whole donuts, plate. Yeah. <laughs> like, he would always say, I ate the whole plate. That's <laughs> like, why? Why are you saying this? I actually like that scene, though. I no, think that's good, my favorite like, scene in like, the entire first movie. It's not like it's the most quotable 
moment in that movie. It's like, that's the one he chose to go with, I guess. Also, he loved Transformers, too, so. It was his, it was his favorite. And he also loved uh, Wolverine, Origins Wolverine. Oh, so he oh, just no. had very poor taste in films. Yes. From the get-go. And that kid probably was... Like no, I'm just kidding. Punch. I'm just kidding. What? what probably like Sucker Punch as well. <sighs> Now, I don't want people to think that I liked that movie. I, I didn't like it. I say it has redeemable qualities to it. Anyway. Yeah, like, like I said, it's kind of like when I mentioned Lady in the Water by M. Night right. Shyamalan. The exactly. first podcast, where it's like, it's a terrible film, but it's also an interesting look at his psyche, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So now, Aaron, we basically proved, again... <laughs> That David is the one who keeps us on track. We've been going for an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> so. I feel like there's some stuff you have to edit out, though. That's true. But all the stuff when you were, like, trying to get your dog out of the room, that was before I started this. <laughs> so even talking about Deadpool is not in this, um, in this beginning. So yeah. we went for another two hours today. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. David will return next week, and he will be able to keep us on track, hopefully. Yes, I'm sure they will. What? And I lost Aaron. He's gone. Hello? Aaron, are you back? Okay. Yeah. I lost you for a minute. Oh, I'll just cut it out or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll see you all again next week. If you want to find Aaron on the internet, you can find him at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. You can also find him at this clever blog name is already taken. This is a real blog name. Last week I said you can find him at uh, Reboot Already Underway, <laughs> which is the name of the podcast, but it's this clever blog name is already taken. Um, you can also find me at uh, Jake Lace on uh, places. <laughs> I can't think of internet names. Um, Tumblr and YouTube. Jake Lace on and that, there you go. I got it. I got there. You can also find me at Jacob Scott Music on Twitter. I post things, and I post things about movies more often than not, and video games. Got myself a, a platinum bet with uh, David right now, playing for $20 on PSN. It's a good time. So you can keep tabs on that, I guess, if you want. Anyway, thank you Basically, all. We, are, we already said this was two hours. I know. Yeah. I can't find words. <laughs> no, one, no one needs to hear about your PlayStation. It's awesome. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, also, quick thing. Um, I do want to add this in here because Aaron and I have been playing Fantasy Movie League. Um, kind of want to just give them a little credit. It's fun. Um, if you haven't played it, you like fill movie screens and you uh, try to guess what will do best. We're, we're not even really entirely sure of the rules yet. Um, I just but, know I've won. Oh, you're winning. He's last winning. three weeks. Yeah. You're ahead by quite a bit now, actually, and it's sad. Shouldn't have picked the BFG. How would I have known that the Tarzan was going to do better than BFG? I'm, I'm still shocked. I mean, it's not going to do well enough to make back its budget, no, but no. that's insane. But, uh, yeah, so check that out if you want to play a fun game with your friends. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We will see you all again next week with a brand new episode, and David, to keep us on track, so we won't be going for two hours and five minutes. Thank you all for listening. We will see you all again next week. I've said this twice. Let's go. All right. Bye.